welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. Taking the first step to going global can be intimidating for any agri-tech business, but there's plenty of support to ensure soft landing if you do your homework. So, where do Australian startups, SMEs and scale-ups look first to ensure a smooth passage into international waters? Well, the best place is to start right here at home, through trade agencies that offer tangible support and market research, and it's free. Whether businesses are seeking financial support, tracking down contacts, or looking for hard-to-find information, there's a plethora of tools to keep the journey on track. So we've teamed up with Austrade and the UK Department for International Trade, DIT, to learn more about what this journey looks like and how exactly trade agencies can help you expand your footprint and make meaningful global connections. We hear more about this from Ariana Sapel, Austrade's Senior Advisor and AgTech Lead, and Tess Thomas, UK DIT's Director of Investment for Australia and New Zealand. They both recently caught up with Lindsay Douglas in our Sydney studio. Well, welcome to Evoke Ag, where we connect the global agri-food tech community across the region and across the world. Today, we're discussing the role of trade agencies in getting your agri-tech startup or scale-up onto the international stage. And my guests today are Tess Thomas and Ariana Supel. Ariana, I might start with you. We've got this wave of hundreds of great homegrown startups around the country. When they get to that point where it's time to look at expanding into an international market, how do you choose which market? There's so many markets out there, aren't there? There, And it's really about what's right for you and what's right for you at that point in time, which goes back to what's your business strategy? What are you trying to achieve? You know, where does export and that international growth fit in your story? And you know, to help you do that, we've got some great resources on our website at austrade.gov.au. And we also have some great advisory service people to help you work through that. So whether you go and tap into some of those tools online that can help you find your market, help you think through what are the things you need to have in place to be able to go and, and jump into that. And that might be things like finding out about uh, support for finance, support for, um, you know, giving you some money back on some of those expenses, particularly um, upfront, um, or whether that's helping you, you know, go down and track down, okay, this is this market's huge, this market's not so huge, but a bit easier to get into. Where am I going to cut my teeth? Where am I going to trial this? So, I would absolutely get people to come and jump onto our website and and reach out and connect. What are some of the really popular markets for expansion out of Australia with agri-food tech? So for agri-food tech, it really does relate to, you know, what are the markets that someone is is helping solve a problem for? You know, if it's for um, cattle and livestock, then the US, Brazil, um, Europe are all going to be, and and probably um, Africa as well, are all going to be key markets for them. If someone's looking to solve solutions for the grain sector, then again, uh, you know, markets like, say, um, 
Canada and the US and and Europe are also going to be really popular markets. We do find a lot of companies also looking to the UK, thinking of it as a great opportunity for counter seasonal trials and to sort of have a, a footprint and, and start um, you know developing out that that network. And certainly, there's a lot of things that they can tap into to help them really um, you know progress their solutions along. I mean, when you think about um technology and innovation and VCs and expansion. There's a lot of buzz, obviously, around Silicon Valley. But I wonder, um, Tess, you work for the Department of International Trade. You're with the UK government organisation. What are the opportunities in the UK at the moment? What are the incentives to expand there? Yeah, sure. So we're seeing a big trend in ag tech companies going to the UK. So AgriWeb is one of them from, from Sydney who has expanded as well as Safe Ag Systems. So they're safe management software that's going to the UK from Adelaide. Um, so we're seeing some trends in urban farming, robotics, um, precision agriculture and medicine as well. So there are some really good incentives. So the UK has got a really progressive government. So there's some great tax incentives. Um, the corporation tax is 19%. The R&D tax credits are really favourable. So you you can actually get a 130% deduction on your tax if you um, are an SME in the UK. So there's some really, really great incentives there. And um, as you mentioned before, so raising capital is really important. So the UK has is a fantastic source of private capital. Um, the Enterprise Investment Scheme really has incentivized that. So investors can get 30% back on their investment into a, into a tech company in that same tax year. So that's really driven capital up to a really good amount. So last year, I think the UK um, topped anywhere in Europe for VC investments. So over £10 billion was invested in VC in the UK last year. I imagine with COVID at the moment, it's really hard for Australian companies or any company to set up an office or a presence uh, elsewhere in the world. Uh, how are you helping organisations do that at the moment? It must be quite challenging. Yeah, well, I mean, look, as um, Ariana mentioned, there's a lot of homework you've got to do prior to actually setting up in the UK. So we can actually do a lot of market research. We have experts on the ground. So um, DIT, the Department for International Trade, has uh, created an agri-tech organisation. So we've actually hired five specialists. So these are people from industry who work part-time for the UK government and they can plug you into the right networks in both industry and government to help you grow. So it's understanding what is your competitor environment, who are your customers, where do you want to go in the UK and then we help you map that out and do like a virtual program. So at the moment we're doing virtual visits and they're working really well. It's fascinating to see the opportunity that exists there in the UK that probably isn't spoken about all that much and that there are resources here and overseas to sort of support that transition. I'm curious to kind of flip this conversation on its head. We're talking about outbound um, agri-food tech at the moment. What about inbound? Australian agriculture is known for sort of punching above its weight in terms of production, Ariana, but how are we perceived on the global stage in terms of our adoption um, around the innovation space? Certainly. Um, in terms of that inward flow, we're seeing a lot of interest still at the moment. And I think it is about that size. You know, the Australian agricultural sector is um, so much bigger than people might think if they, you know, just think about Australia's a relatively small population. But, you know, we're a very um, innovative population and we're really, uh, how do we solve for challenges we find, whether it's, um, you know, different um geographies or climactic issues that are, are coming up you know we certainly we have some of the the oldest soils in the world over in, in WA but those farmers are you know really productive and able to great get get great results out of um, those soils because they're turning to innovation so we we might not have the the subsidies that other markets have but certainly you know the ability to tap into those different 
um, ag tech solutions to help them get great um, productivity and great results is is really key. And we have a lot of great um, government support at both the federal and state government level, encouraging either um, investment into research and development through uh, or in partnership with um, RDCs like, say, AgriFutures or the GRDC or Meat and Livestock Australia. And we also have state governments who are coming to the party and saying, how can we help um, different companies get their, their products out there and get them trialling and, and help um, that adoption question, help farmers to know what is going to be really useful for my my product and, and my conditions. So, you know, those sorts of things are really um, overcoming that that what might be perceived as a challenge otherwise. And that, that question around how do we um, get our resources out there and get our solutions out there is, is a, a question that, you know, is a bit of a perennial one. For companies wanting to or thinking about Australia, certainly um, globally we find that a lot of people really, a lot of businesses really do find that um, producers in Australia are really willing to try out new solutions and really willing to trial those those innovative solutions. I wonder if it's fair to say that the impetus behind both of your um, agencies' focus in this space is a huge need globally for food production to become far more efficient. What's sort of the mandate behind the focus that both of your agencies have? I'll start with you, Tess. Yeah, sure. So the UK government has a very um, clear strategy for ag tech. So last year, the UK government, for example, invested over £400 million in research um, for ag tech. And also we're investing £70 million in an agri-tech catalyst. So that's really to commercialise R&D and make all of this um, R&D practical into the, into the marketplace. So there's a lot of um, impetus on, on agri-tech and food security. And, and likewise, you know, in Australia, we really... You know, we see ag as such a huge opportunity and we see um, you know, agri-tech and food tech is, is also a really huge opportunity. And we're certainly um, you know, getting behind and trying to help that sector grow and blossom and uh, you know, really have Australia be you know, a global connected hub for, for innovation in that space. I'm going to put you both on the spot here and ask you for one or maximum two fantastic resources that not enough founders of startups know about in this space. Tess, where are you directing people? Sure. Well, that would be to my five amazing colleagues based around Australia and New Zealand. So we've got offices in every major state across Australia. So I would say contact us, UK Department for International Trade, please. And we can provide free and confidential support to you if you're looking to expand to the UK. Ariana? I would, I would likewise say, you know, certainly um, I mentioned it before, but the advisory services, that ability to tap into, we have, um, you know, to, to say 85-odd offices in 50 markets around the world, you know, people might be working from home, but certainly gives you a bit of a sense of that spread of network. And, you know, there's so many markets out there that are really hungry for great solutions and we can help you find the right market for you and uh, connect into other services like DIT. Thanks for listening to the Evoke Ag podcast, which is proudly brought to you by AgriFutures. For further information, head to our website, evokeag.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great day.